Welcome to Tough Love Podcast with me, Mairead Lockman, matchmaker, dating specialist and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Wiegand, clinical psychotherapist and relationship specialist. Stephanie, this is the third of our podcast series on separation and divorce. Yes. And um, we do realise, obviously, the importance of this. We're obviously always trying to help people to have great relationships and everything. But we do understand that sometimes it comes to a stage where a relationship has gone its natural course and it, it has kind of reaches the expiry date, really. Um, and for many people, it's one of the biggest decisions they'll ever make in their life, probably more so for some people than actually getting married uh, or, become, you know, getting into a relationship. Um, where do you kind of fit in in all of this? Well, I think there's a few things. I've, I feel myself, I have a huge kind of impetus to try and get the conversation about healthy breakups into play. I really feel that I am all of the time clinically dealing with people who are uh, struggling to let go of the past, struggling to embrace the future, caught in all of the disappointment and anger that goes with, you know, being broke, uh, having a, a marriage breakup or a big relationship breakup. Um, like everyone, I have some experience of it, of course. And and I feel that I've learned a lot in that. Of course, I've learned more in my in my clinical world. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to I'd like us to move from the the kind of help people in many ways to navigate just those very difficult times when you're struggling with, struggling mm-hmm. with the next step. And I think that our last two podcasts have been really about bringing the, if you feel your, your, your situation is in crisis and your relationship is in crisis, bringing the issue to the table, um, having the discussions, taking steps to make it work, checking those steps, reviewing, refining, trying again. And this is what most people do. I'm just yeah. trying to make sure you go through those steps because if you go through those steps, you are at all times, the dawning is coming, mm-hmm. whether you're able to move forward and 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 this is able to grow this relationship or if it's shrinking before your eyes because that's actually what all of those steps and then the step of therapy can do for you. It can actually help you to see where you're going and where you need to go. And as you know, our second podcast on this was around then moving into the area of getting professional help and how that helps you. So it's not like you wake up, you know, wake up on Monday and say, that's it. That's not how it really happens. Although there can be, there can be obviously critical moments that make it awfully clear. But I, I'm a believer in slow that process down. Stop trying. I often tell people you've, you've done the fixing now. You, you know, you do try and fix and you try and do all of that, but then you move to a point. It's stop fixing it now. You've done that. You've been down that road. Step back a little bit and start now thinking about if this cannot be fixed and you've done everything you honestly feel you can and or your partner and it just isn't going to work, then you need to slow that almost like, you know, moving into slow motion. Stop with the yeah. fixing, stop with the talking and the big hard conversations. Sit back and start now thinking. This is when you have to think about the decision. I have huge empathy for people at this stage because definitely one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life was breaking up with an ex. And it's very difficult because sometimes there is still love there, but you're just not in love with them anymore because of whatever reasons. Um, Obviously as well, myself and Stephanie hold private sessions as well on our website, uh, toughlove.ie over Zoom. We get 
a huge amount of people coming to us booking in for those private sessions where it's basically myself and Stephanie on Zoom talking to you about whatever your problems are and a huge amount of the time it's for people trying to find the words or to find the conversations that need to be had at that stage because it is a very difficult situation we know that very often you know people have their houses their assets you know very much financially intertwined with the person that they're going to be breaking up with second of all there's the issue with the children um especially if there are children um you know it can be very emotional that way there's the extended family um there's kind of so many different things what you were kind of hoping to have in your life going forward there's so many aspects that need to be brought into play especially as well if you're the first of your friends groups getting separated you know there's also then first first in your family getting separated and for many different reasons you know divorce and separation is so new in ireland like it's not so long ago that you weren't allowed to get divorced in ireland um uh, you know stephanie how are you finding it with i suppose with people when they do get to the stage where the decision has to be made and perhaps by only one member of the of the couple yes. i'm sure that sometimes it's a case of no i've come to my end even yeah. though the other person may not have caught up to that that point yet no that's right exactly um it's it's ideal if they come to that realisation together. And of course, that's where a little bit of therapy Mm -hmm. helps because it perhaps becomes apparent in the room that actually they cannot hear each other. They cannot resolve the issue. They cannot get through. And so that's obviously helpful because in some ways then they come to it like they come to that decision and to the ending of that relationship with sort of with a holding of some of the responsibility in equal parts. Mm-hmm. And that, that that allows for something good to happen later. Yes. And as I say, you know, to, to have a healthy ending, a healthy divorce, a healthy separation. But if on the other hand, it is just one person who makes that decision and where where hurt and, and difficulty has been held silently, it's very, very difficult for the person to whom this is done to because they are blindsided by it, blindsided yes. by the end. That's a lot to take. That's very hard for them to recover from. And the yeah. person who's made the decision, remember, mm-hmm. has a lot of preparation done in their mind. They've yes. been sitting back quietly in the mode of where I was saying there, don't <laughs> stop fixing it. They've gone into that mode. And they are sitting back and they've probably decided how they would like this to look. They probably have already decided what they hope to get from it. They may already have even put their eyes on another partner. They may have thought about those things. So they're miles ahead psychologically. And the person blindsided is reeling usually from the shock. Can I say to you, though, there, right, I think... If you're in a lot of cases, if you are completely blindsided and surprised that your relationship has just broken down, I would say you're a high percentage of the problem. And I know that that might not sit well with some people. OK, but if you look at a healthy relationship with a positive, um, you know, with a positive day to day and everything like that, there's no way in all relationships. And I would say in a high percentage of relationships, they're going to see that. The intimacy has gone for a long time. You're not no longer doing th- things as a couple. The chances are the co- the kids have become the main focus. And I understand relationships get lost at different stages. Okay, yes. the way you talk to each other is not going to be in a loving and kind way. The things you do on the level of appreciation for a lot of people, it might be because of addiction. They may have told you ten times you need to go to um, an addiction specialist. They may have told you ten times that you need to go to therapy. Um, they. I'm sure, right, that there is not the same argument that has gone on 
200 times over the last five years. So yeah. they may be surprised what you actually do at this time. Mm. I don't believe that a lot of times people ha- are actually surprised completely. Like this was a perfect I think, relationship. I kind of, I, can't, I, I have to say I disagree with you. I think that there is a blindsiding that happens. And it may be that... It may be that that people are lulled into a false sense yeah. of okayness. Um, of course, there's extremes here, you know. At each yes, end. of course. And there, yeah, we're talking know. about humans. So that's yeah, the one thing as well about dating. Yeah. Anything can happen. Absolutely. There's nothing, there's nothing simple about this. But I definitely have met many people who have been very blindsided. Also, many people are dishonest in yes. relationships. And um, and while they're, they may have harbored some unhappiness they maybe were okay about it for a while and mm-hmm. and the relationship was going on but maybe something happened then they met somebody and and they get a glimpse of something else that they could have had and so they mm-hmm. can be blindsided by that you know um yeah. i meet a meet a lot of people who are in a relate in, in relationships might be the first person nearly they ever went out with you know and yes. that's still going on and um and then maybe they have a fling somewhere and they realize they 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 just they don't want to stay in this relationship for the rest of their life. And and so somebody very nice and decent can be blindsided. So it's it's difficult. And I don't blame people. I'm not in the yeah, blame. Exactly. Business. Yes, I understand it's, that. Um, you can have, you know, but 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 I think it's important that listeners understand that we are absolutely open. We really see it on all sides. And yeah. um, and wherever you are in that you know, is okay. We're we're just trying to see where things need to shift. So the decision that when you're at the decision making point, which is where mm-hmm. you were saying there, um, I think that why it's happened at when you come to the point where it's over and it's it's definitely over. Somebody has said mm-hmm. it's over. Okay. Yes. Then whose fault it is is less should be in some ways less interesting. Because it should, yes. Because you've you've done the trying, you've done the the asking, they've done the asking, you've done all that. Now you're you're done. If you've decided yeah. you're done, well, now is the time to stop with the beseeching, the blaming, mm-hmm. the being angry. Very true. Because Very if, true. You, if you if one person can stop that, just if one person can get to a point of seeing that actually we've done our best here as mm-hmm. a couple. And maybe the best is a low standard on one yeah. side, but maybe it's all they're able to do. And yes. you come to a point where you say, okay, so this is it. This is going to break. And you mm-hmm. accept what that what this means. Then you have somebody who is prepared to look to solutions that lead to the future rather than this constant lens to the back. You did, you did. I told you, I asked you. And then what happened? And around about it goes. And that's probably the little horrible merry-go-round they've been on for the last two. And that's what I'm saying. You know, there has, in most cases, there has been, I think the surprise is that they picked today in order to break up with you. Not that you're breaking up. And so I think that's where the caught off guard can sometimes happen. Yes. And Stephanie and I were talking about having this conversation today. We're trying to figure out a way kind of just to, I suppose, uh, yeah, the layout of how we would discuss it. And recently I was speaking to a gentleman. He was saying to me that uh, he had separated and that um, 
how he found it easy to a little bit easier to look at for the breakup section was a series of conversations that need to be had. And so here are some of the conversations that we're hoping to touch on today. Yes. Um, so the actual breakup conversation. So that is a conversation where you actually do the breaking up. But obviously, this should not be over the phone. It should be in person, especially if it's a case of marriage. A um, few others then are the day after or a few days afterwards coming up with a clear plan when, you know, we'll go through each of these. Um, the initial questions for the future and the short term queries kind of in the in the next follow up plan. Mm. The next conversation that needs to be had is what is happening with children and how to tell them um, how to tell friends and family, uh, how to tell other people, you know, outside of the, the, the the kind of immediate friends and family and then bigger long term conversations, things about home, finances, children those sort of things. So we're hoping to touch on those today. Mm-hmm. So so you've made the decision and now you're going to have the conversation. Yes. Is there ever, a good, is there ever a good time? There isn't a good time. And that's the, that's the, the main okay. thing, I suppose. Are, how there, to, are there worse times? Oh, definitely. I don't think you should break up with someone in the middle of a big roaring fight. Correct. Definitely not. Okay, like, so let's do the when, when you shouldn't, when you shouldn't. Like one thing you always say is we may have had a bad marriage, but you can have a great separation. And I think that's really important that we do talk about now is, you know, how to healthily break up with somebody. And I think that's mm-hmm. the important thing. So, you know, first of all, we have talked about the self-reflection part of it. OK, choosing mm-hmm. the right place. So I do think a private setting, I think maybe, you know, saying to your partner, I think we need to have a conversation or taking time out. If you do have children, I think don't think the children should be there just in case it does get heated. I don't think it should be in a place where it's highly stressed when you're, I don't think you should wait for the big fight mm. sort of situation and say it in the heated moment. Um, you know, finding some other fight. I just pop in and just say, I wouldn't be averse to a public space. Yeah, okay. Actually, I yeah. completely understand that as well. Uh, especially issues. Yeah, especially issues yeah. of safety. Absolutely. But if there's any issue of safety, it should definitely be a public space. A hundred percent. But I think even in terms just of corralling it and boundarying it a little bit, yes. I think that um, just to deliver the message. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, but the, so there's a few things. It's just delivering the message and remembering in your head and heart that somebody is going to be terribly hurt here. You mm-hmm. you are, of course, very important in the piece, but the other person too. And the kinder you are and the more empathetic you are about their situation, the more it will help. It may not yeah. seem like that. Now, remember, when we're talking about people who are addicted or we're talking about people who are utterly on the end of the spectrum in the narcissistic sense or borderline mm-hmm. personality sense. And there's plenty of that around in marriages that are... Yeah, course of control, everything, yeah. Sometimes it actually isn't even apparent until the, the person is told, I'm out of here, yeah. right? So, so you have to be aware of those things, This the volatility that can follow the mm-hmm. landing of that news. And uh, so that's why I think there's a certain merit in a meeting outside, having the conversation and um, and saying, you know, I want to talk about this again. Now, personally, I think there's a lot to be said for um, laying sort of pebbles, if you like, to it mm-hmm. and, and saying, you know, I feel we're not getting through these issues. I feel we've put in a lot of effort and we're 
I'm still not happy. I don't feel we're connected. Do you feel we are happy? So you're bringing them into the decision rather than the landing it. Do you understand? What okay, I'm I understand that. Yeah, so it's not just like to... stonewalling them. Yes. yes. Well, you're trying to establish in many ways because fault, we're in a no fault divorce Ireland, right? So mm-hmm. whose fault it is doesn't really matter. Everybody thinks no. people cares, people, that people care. I, I don't, don't care. Really, I don't care. And, and let me tell you who won't care, who will care an awful lot less, is the courts won't care. Nobody yeah. wants to hear your story. Nobody wants to know if he let you down. Nobody, no judge is going to... How he broke up it. with you or she broke up with you they, or anything like that. Yeah, they don't they, care yet. All they want is division of assets, childcare, all of that, that's all. They just want yeah. decisions made. So yes. you need, this is where it begins. When you make that decision, can you come together to make that decision rather yeah. than one foisting it on the other? I know one can foist it on the other, but bringing both people to the table is going to help you as time moves along in this yeah. In this, journey. I think that's really important. I also think be direct and honest in your conversation. So obviously, you know, as part of life, I, I volunteer as a first responder and sometimes we are talking about life and death situations and being very direct and honest. And I think it's really important that you're not giving them any false hopes and um, that you are being straight up, like actually using words like, you know, and I, I think we've come to the end of our marriage we are breaking up today. We are going to be separating. You know, I think it's very important to be very clear. And I know at this stage can be very emotional and very hurtful for both sides of the, you know, don't just expect that it's hard on the person that is being broken up with. Very often it is a very difficult decision to make and actually to, you know, to be the person doing the breaking up because it's been a long and a lot of thought has been put into it. I don't know anybody that would ever take, take it, you know, um, Likely by doing that, obviously being kind and compassionate to the other person um, and understanding that they more likely will be upset using statements, I statements. um, So expressing your feelings and reasonings using I statements such as I feel that we have grown apart. I need time to focus on myself and whatever it is and being truthful Mm. about it. Now, I will say if you're breaking up with someone, the more reasons you give, the more of a platform for argument over and back to. But they will know the reasons. They will, and they always do. But it's still, Stephanie, there's very often people that don't take it into consideration yeah. then when it, when it yeah. does and, come, you know. And you will know the partner, and if that person is closed, and you you know all that because you've been down this road for six months or two years trying to get Absolutely. through it. Absolutely. You will know that there comes a point when you're finally got yourself to the decision making point where you say it clean and clear. Absolutely. I know we both would have liked this to work, but it is over, and now we really have to put our energy towards making sure we are both okay. Yes. Coming out so. of this relationship. And this is my point about moving, moving to this sort of more collaborative style mm-hmm. of ending, um, moving from blame, moving from whose fault it is, because mm-hmm. nobody cares. No, nobody I cares. Say, I know that sounds almost a bit rough, but it's not what's important. What's no. important now is the future. And Absolutely. And we're going to move to the future. I 100% and I absolutely agree with that. I think it's important to listen and validate their feelings. Uh, as I said already, avoid false hope. And I would also say at this stage, yeah. okay, if you are breaking up with someone, the conversations have been had. You've probably had a hundred mini conversations on the back of this. You know, they've promised this. They haven't delivered on that. You've maybe promised on stuff and maybe realised you don't have the motivation to follow through with it. There's a lot of different things. I think to a certain extent, this initial conversation 
conversation about breaking up. It is a kind of a situation of getting in and getting out. I yes. don't think it should be any longer than a half an hour, 45 minutes max. You don't need to start getting into the nitty gritty at this stage. I think both parties need to have the conversation, give the, you know, give both a platform, but being very clear as again, avoiding any false hope and then saying, look, we will have a follow up conversation because I think the very hard part of this is the kind of guillotine, I'm gone sort of thing. But even saying to them, we will have a follow up conversation on this as to, you know, how things work out from here. Um, but I think initially for this evening, both of us just need to take a little time out and to just reflect and just let everything absorb. absorb. And I think it's very important for that evening as well. that You both respect each other's privacy. You know, that even if you say to each other, we might talk again tomorrow, we might talk in the next two to three days. I think the person that is doing the breaking up needs to be quite i suppose um flexible within that because it, it might take a little bit longer or there may have been complete panic that sets in so i do think respect of privacy is very important at that stage mm. and i think both parties at that stage need to seek a little bit of support because it is a huge conversation that's after being had well can i just say you see i would i would feel there's another factor in there another loop and that mm-hmm. is that privacy around that decision it's very hard to keep that between the two of you. Of course. Because ideally, in a, with, with, with people who are good together and who are respectful of each other. And as I say, good people make good divorces mm-hmm. and, yes. um, and good people make good breakups because yes. good people do respect other people, of their course. partners. They do respect the boundaries. They do respect the relationships that they have in an extended way and with their children. And they don't want to damage them, spoil them, toxify them. And they don't want everybody to think badly about their partner or their husband or their wife. Mm-hmm. They want they want they're thinking of the future. And that's why I think this first conversation where you, where you land it and you decide has to be bound with let's let's promise each other that we will give each other a week before we discuss this with anybody else. Yes. I do agree with that. And in that way, you get time to absorb it. But what? let me tell you what often happens and what almost always... Look, we know it's because they're all erratic and crazy. People head off, they tell stories, they, as they say, hot to the press, hot to the family press, to the friends press, and they leak the information to everybody. (laughs) He did this, he did that, he did this. She said this, then guess, they're all surprised, yeah. Now, nobody's surprised because, you know, the old yep. name calling, you saw it yourself and all the rest. Mm-hmm. And, and there is a damning goes on. And in many ways, it is the so one party's press machine begins. And that's very, very hard to pull back. Yes. Like, too much done, too much said. And now you're chasing the ball down the hill. If you can hold it now, especially if you have children, if you can say, Let's let's respect each other enough. We've been in this relationship for let it be five years, 10 years. If there are children, let's say it's probably 10 or 15 years. We're we're together long enough to care enough about each other and about how we end up. So let's try and do this in a way that's not going to damage each other anymore anymore. I understand the breakups are quite an emotional time, but I think it's really important to stress at this stage that both parties should be, be people of high value. OK, mm-hmm. and I think that they should not lose the run of themselves. They should maintain some level of decorum, some level of respect to the marriage that they've just come out of, to possibly the children that are yes. in that marriage. Also, mm-hmm. you know, the the reputation as well of both people, of themselves, first of Family. all, and the other. And I think yes. it's really important to do that. Okay. I think you, you 
know, if it's a case that you you are getting completely out of control like that, you know, perhaps a little bit of self-reflection needs to be taken into consideration. A little um, bit of self-control. A little bit of self-control. A little if bit of feel, self-control. If yep. you feel you can't have self-control and a bit of self-respect and conduct yourself as a person of high value, I think at that stage you need to actually look at maybe going to a little bit of therapy to help manage the situation because it shouldn't be absolutely spiralling out of, out of control at this stage. No. Um, and I think that's important to, to look at. Um, and you do hear this a lot with, you know, with the very severe situations where there's addiction or where there's where there's um, volatility in the personality. Yes. You will hear very extreme things like, you know, um, suicide threats. Um, yes. I'm telling your family, um, mm-hmm. I can't I can't cope. I'm telling your family what you did. I'm telling yes. your children what you did. And all of these things are just utterly nuclear, destructive. They are. And you will be picking up and your family will be picking up the pieces for 20 years. Absolutely. At no stage should it be going nuclear. At no stage should you be threatening to kill yourself. At no stage should you be doing any of those things. And I think it's really important as well. Um, You know, if you are in an abusive or coercive control or narcissistic or again, someone with an addiction or a manipulator type of person and these sorts of conversations are are being had, I think it's really important that you realise that you can't be the person to help fix the situation in this stage. At this stage, I think you need to contact a friend or a family member on their behalf and say, look, you know, they are going this direction. And I think it's very important that you try and get them to, to to maybe reason with them or have a conversation with them because I don't think the, the person that's causing the hurt which is you breaking up with them cannot yes. be the person that fixes it unless you are considering going back to them you yeah. know um, if it's the case that you need to hang tight I think you need to continue hanging tight in that situation and separate yeah. yourself from it yeah. I think the next important conversation that we have Stephanie is how to tell children you know and I think that's very important before it gets out of hand and they're hearing a third hand because let's face it if two parents are separating I think it's really important Mm. that there's very clear around this now obviously because it is such a sensitive issue um, I've done a lot of research on this and perhaps you can guide us through it can I I say before you talk to the children yes before you talk to the children you have to talk to each other about how you're going to talk to the children yeah well that's actually part one yeah Yeah. so I know you're you're absolutely yeah that is it's part one I knew you'd know all of this but I actually (laughs) just I pulled all of it together it is good I yeah. think it's no, and it is really important. Okay. So, you know, I think it, the conversation is going to have to be had sooner rather than later. But I think, again, both people need to be people of high value and realize the most important thing here in this situation is the children, because the last thing they need is to be hearing at third hand. So, one, plan the conversation together. If possible, both parents should be present for this conversation. Mm. It sends a message of unity and reassurance to the children. Sit down and discuss what you what you want to say and how you want to say it. And I think it's very important that they have a clear plan at this stage, like you were saying. Absolutely. This is what the next few weeks are going to look like. Like this conversation really should not be happening with just one parent. Both parents should be present for that. Um, And I would suggest with each child. With, yes, exactly. And not, because with, not with a group of children. Now, I know it, it depends, obviously, how many you have. You're not yes. going to knit, knit them for the day. But uh, in reality, I think putting all of the children down uh, together is a bad idea because yes. they will their reaction will be considerably impacted Different. by the other children's reaction. So it's quite important to decide, do you do it in an age way? Would you take the oldest first? Yes, I would personally take the oldest yes. first um, and I would take them individually 
we, I would agree as a couple what mm-hmm. we are going to say to them and what and that story may be slightly different for each of those children not not different in well it needs to be boy, age appropriate absolutely level of a different level of understanding and detail yeah absolutely it needs to be age appropriate you need to choose the right time and place obviously as well like you were saying um doing it with kind of the children separately because of course their reaction is going to be different each of their children's reaction and can end up having a little bit of a snowball effect yes um they say then emphasize that it's not their fault so being very clear on it because you know little kids as well they can start thinking oh it's because you know i was bold the other day or whatever it is yeah um so i think it's really important again being age appropriate and how you can tell I, it can i say it. there in terms yes. of um you know kids kids thinking it's their fault this is obviously a huge part children mm-hmm. only have a certain number of schema to work the world out and my fault your fault is um it's you know it's a very simplistic way but that is um that is how how they think up to up to a certain age that's why you have to be explicit and say you know, mom and dad, we are going to, we will always be your parents. We are always going to be the most important people around you. Mm-hmm. And we are going to, and then it's not going to make, these are the differences it's going to make. And the next few weeks will look like this. But it's, if you don't say it, children imagine. So yes. You take they the fill in their face. gaps. Yeah. They fill in the gap with nasty things. Uh, it's, it's really sad. And that's why it has to be. That's why both p- parents need to combine as much as possible to communicate this together and be very clear. And I suppose show a united front that, you know, even though we're not together anymore, we are going to still co-parent and be great parents together, if at all possible. Um, then express love and support. So and I think that's kind of as well what you're saying there is to make sure that they're not filling in the gaps themselves uh, expect an emotional reaction absolutely yeah. they kids kids were in school you know depends on their age group like really the easiest time I mean what we know about how how these things re- react and impact kids is that the kind of the older they are in some respects uh, the more complex the reactions are because they know more about what it means and what other people think about these things. So as they are older, they think differently about it. If they're two to, to let's say, seven, yes. I think you're, you're in a kind of almost a, a fairly simplistic zone of we love you, I'm going to see you all through the week and your dad's going to see you on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and he's mm-hmm. going to do lovely things with you and whatever, you know, or whatever way that is going to be. They're happy with those explanations. They really want to know who's taking me to football. Yes. You know, that's what kids of that age want to know. I know. And, the, and well, in fairness, it is impacting their life. Yeah. Will yeah. you be sleeping here? Who's going to read my story? That's what they need to know, right? They're mm-hmm. they're very um they're kind of easily attended to in that sense. Yes. As they get a little bit older then, they begin to think, what are my friends going to think? Yes. And as they get a little older again, uh they're thinking, um, you know, does mommy mommy have a boyfriend? Yeah. You know? Does daddy have a boyfriend? Uh, or sorry, have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Either or, yeah. And um and and does that mean they're having sex with somebody else? So if they're in the zone of teenagehood, yes. thinking, oh my God, they're having sex with somebody else. And that's yeah. horrific for them because we all know when I say horrific, like they, they are- I know, it's just a thought of it, yeah. Because kids- don't want to know. I mean, let's face it. Did any of us want to know about our no. parents' sex lives? It's kind of, it's, it's, not. A bit of a, it's a bit of a shield in our mind where we just don't go there, do we? And no, exactly. um, 
And the problem with divorce and separations and breakups in a parental way like that is it often, not in this first conversation, but it brings in that thought. Yes. And of course, sometimes when this conversation is presented to children, very destructive things happen. Like some might say, you know, oh, your mum has a new boyfriend, you know, she, yeah. uh, she, I wasn't good enough for her or. Um, yes. And that's so, actually, yeah, that's the next point. Get, yeah. It says avoid blaming and bad mouthing, which I think is hugely important. And I think it's really important when parents are having that conversation with the kids to leave all their bullshit, like, excuse yeah. my French, but outside the door. Like you now have a parenting responsibility that you need to have a united front on this, show the kids that we're yes. still going to be mommy, we're still going to be daddy, we're going to be here and strong for you because that is the scary part. Yeah. Um. The next one then is answering questions honestly. So again, kids know, like they have a sixth sense that they have. So don't be kind of bluffing them. Maintain the questions. Yeah, let them ask questions. Because you might think they'll ask something very complicated. Yes. But you would be very surprised at the simplicity of what they ask. Yeah, I, I absolutely. And it can be the smallest little thing. I think this one is hugely important. And I think this is where a, a lot of issues um, kind of arise. Yeah. Maintain routine and stability. Yeah. And, you know, very often, as we said earlier, the two main things that people use to manipulate or have the power struggle in when they separate yeah. is money and children. And so very often children are used as the emotional currency. And, you know, it is, it's a disgusting way really of, of conducting yourself, you know, but I would say at this stage, it's really important to leave your stuff aside. You know, it doesn't matter what he did, what she said, that somebody broke up with you, that they didn't break up with you, that's how they broke up with you, you, the narrative, any of it. Okay. What Mm. actually really matters at this stage is the kids. And I think that needs to be brought into consideration. Um, it's, if, it's if it's a healthy it's relationship, it is. And so it's still important that the kids, I know you might think, oh, I'm not going to let her see the children. I'm not going to let him see the children. Whoever did the breaking up and everything like that. Like the thing is your marriage broke up, but the family unit is still always going to exist because you still always have a responsibility to, cher- to children. And I think it's extremely important at this stage. You don't use your kids as an emotional pawn, emotional currency. I think it's really important at this stage that the kids still get to see their their parents, both of them, whichever is the, the parent during this hugely emotional time. So, you know, and the knee jerk, the knee jerk reaction. Yes. Right, in almost, you know, I wouldn't like to put a percentage on it, but almost all the cases that I know. Yeah. Is you get out of here. Yes. Right? Uh, the anger is up. Yes. The punishment is up. The blame is up. And how, uh, and how is, what's the biggest way that you can punish a partner that has just broken up to you with you? Yes, it's you're really emotional. Your ego it, is tarnished. Yeah. They'll just use the kids. And it's, it's, it's disgusting behavior. It's, it's disgusting behavior. Yeah. yeah. So when you said, and I just want to, to say a thing or two on this. When you say, you know, a person of high value, I suppose we, we use the terms slightly differently. And I, I just say good mm-hmm. people. Good people, uh, fairness, being fair, being being reasonable, being being a good person in this, in this, in this context is different to other contexts. Yes. Because in this context, it is about accepting that this is something, this is a deal that you made with your partner. Yes. And this deal is not working. Right. And you, as much as responsibility 
you have for bringing it together. You also have equal responsibility for coming for solving it yeah. in a in a proper way. And if you are a good person in this context, you will show some respect mm-hmm. for that partner, even if they've made mistakes. Right. Yes. And you will do it for the sake of your children. So yes. when people when people put put down their partner and their children are around or nearby, that is that is abusing their children. That's what it is. It is, yeah. It's emotional abuse. Your job in life as a parent is to allow your unless unless this person is toxic and destructive mm-hmm. and entirely damaging, which of course I accept. But within that, that's not where we see all this. We see it everywhere nope. else, where this is yeah. a good person, a good parent. So you have to respect that they are important to this child in their life. They love them and they want to love them. And your job is to allow them to love them. Yeah. And not and not to be downgrading them and putting them down. So being a good person in a separation is about respecting the needs of your child. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Accepting that this is painful, not only for you, yes. but for everybody. And your needs are not the only needs that are important here. And sorry, mm-hmm. lots of people struggle with that. They yes. think it's all about them. Well, that's definitely people with narcissistic characteristics. Anybody yes. with any level of course of control, people with or addiction borderline. issues. Yeah, borderline yeah. personalities, anything like that. Because this exactly. is going to be like, let's face it, they're probably going to enjoy some of the drama of this. Yes. In a weird way, sometimes and enjoying the attention of it all and being and the, the victim. Kids, the kids are the ones who suffer and they suffer for years after these kind of situations. The costs emotionally of bad separations are they go, as I say, for 25 years. It's interesting. Yeah. I was doing a small piece on News Talk there a while ago about the just the the cost to the next generation because mm-hmm. I find now we're into as we said you, you know 20 it's 20 20 what 25 years 26 years since um uh since divorce came in in Ireland but of course there were breakups before that and yes. I find now I'm meeting the 25 year olds the 30 year olds who are children of those situations yes. who have come out of terrible situations and who have been turned off marriage turned off to you know turned off um love not able to meet people not able to respect people not able to mm-hmm. assert themselves and much of this is around the terrible, horrible divorces yes. and separations that they saw in their own home. So don't kid yourself when you're being angry and you're separating, you're thinking he deserves <laughs> this, she deserves this. No, she doesn't, right? It's not going to help anybody. It's not going to make you feel better because you're just no. you're just lolling about in your anger. You're not yep. getting forward with your life and you're destroying your children. Yes. That's what's happening. You're destroying the possibility of happiness for the future. I know I'm really strong on it. but No, but I am as well, Stephanie. <laughs> I am because like, let's face it, let's be adults about this, okay? Yeah. The situation is it takes two people to have a relationship. It also takes two people to maintain a healthy and happy relationship. It is 2023, okay? If you want to finish your relationship, regardless of what your responsibilities are, regardless yes. of whether or not you want to have children, and for regardless of what the reasoning are, okay, nobody enters into it lightly. If whatever decision you've come to, you need to end your relationship for whatever reasons it is, you should yes. be able to end your relationship. Now, I am all about long term with something with yeah. some fairness. 
That's it. Absolutely. I'm all about long term real love. I'm all about trying to work on your relationship. Everybody goes through hard times. I'm all about, you know, being very fair. And I think this is really important, but it is 2023. If you want to end your relationship, you absolutely have the right to do that. You absolutely have the right to the person that you're ending that relationship with being fair, not using the kids as an emotional pawn allowing all the years of hard work and being able to split the assets in a somewhat fair way, fair and healthy way. Just because the court might award you the family home and not give them anything does not mean that that is right. Okay. You also, and that's why I'm saying a person of high value and a person of high, just moral compass. Okay. Because I think it's important that everybody does. This is probably you loved at some stage. This is somebody that you chose to have children with all of those things. I think it's really important that both sides are fair in that way. Um, you know, and I do think as well that it's up to both people to mutually fix it, but it's also up to both people to be fair to one another. Exactly. To be fair, respectful. And and I think as a society, if you like, I think we have an obligation mm-hmm. not to pander to the awful negative narratives that we hear from people. Yes. After separations, I'm I'm against that. I uh, I I mean, as I mentioned um, to you before, I separated when I was thirty two, maybe thirty three years of age. Yes. Um, to sort of when my when my son was very very young and very very difficult. So mm-hmm. very difficult to leave that person, and that person has since deceased. So I, I, it's okay to kind of mention and and yes, so I would have left that situation when love was still there, and. Yes. But I knew it couldn't work. And um, but and I think it was tremendously difficult. So I really recognize how difficult these things are. But but that child was ours. Mm -hmm. That child isn't mine. That child was ours. So I knew that this person had every right and not only for that, for him to see his son, but also for his son to see See him. him. And I think that this is where they lose it. Okay. why would you cut somebody? Why do you want to cut that person out of their That's life? That's it. And also, I'm sorry to continue, and I know yeah. I'm a little bit, but no, go the, for other, it. the other thing I see is that mothers kind of think sometimes that that children don't need that man in their life, mm-hmm. or they don't, or mothers or, or fathers think they don't need that woman in their life because she did this or she did that. That's not how it works. No. These kids need both of you, and yes. they don't need you stuck together, but they do need to be allowed to love both of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, it's very important for the kids to be able to see both parents. I think especially during this emotional time, I think it's very important that they, you know, have that clear relationship with their mum, with their dad. I also think it's very important as well that very often the relationship that those children have been looking at for years or months or whatever length of time has been possibly toxic, hasn't been a great example of a loving relationship between two people, because let's face it, that's going to be the most part. So therefore, at least give them the chance now to see what potentially healthy relationships are, what potentially healthy relationship with their mum is, a healthy relationship with their dad is, where it's not going to be shouting and fighting. So I think it's really important. Of course. And what you're saying there is, you know, people struggle greatly with, oh, I've, you know, I've broken my marriage and my Mm -hmm. child is looking at this. But the reality is 
things change. Your child will get an opportunity to see a better relationship. You will have a better opportunity, both of you, to be happy. And the best thing you can do for your child is to show them how to be happy and how to navigate problems, dilemmas, difficulties, Mm -hmm. and to do so with respect and navigate a way forward. You're modeling the future for them. So if all you model is anger Mm -hmm. and putting people down, you're not giving them very much. I think it's also important to maybe note at this stage for a lot of people listen to this podcast, they may not be going through a separation or divorce themselves, but maybe it's a friend, family member, somebody like that, that is going through a separation or divorce at the moment. Mm. And I think it's really important as well that first of all, nobody knows what went on in a marriage or a relationship except the two people that were there, because especially when it comes to breakup, people start getting quite dramatic, possibly quite emotional or kind of emphasizing things to tell their story. So I think it's very important if you are supporting someone through a a breakup or a divorce, you would kind of bring a little bit of clarity. Don't be the person where they can come with the spiraling out of control situation. Mm -hmm. Perhaps at this moment, it might be a good time to say to them, look, okay, I understand you're hurting at the moment. Perhaps you need to go for a little bit of therapy at the moment just to to get you over this part Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. But also, I think it's really important that you maintain a healthy mindset in just in relation to the children the rest you can argue about at a later stage okay but let's keep in focus the children let's keep in focus person you know being fair being kind in the situation as best you can being reasonable and you know and very often it's people at this stage are kind of grab happy and everything i think as a friend as a family member not isolating anybody not taking sides and being fair to everybody involved you also very regularly say when it comes to big occasions and you're, you know, having a party and there is somebody in your friend group that is recently separated or is recently divorced. Tell us what you normally say in that situation. Well, I often say include them, don't I? Because it's a very lonely space. It's a lonely place, you know, Mm -hmm. um, for people. And don't be trying to fix them up. Just just let them come. Let them have somewhere lovely to come on a Saturday night, like a nice dinner or whatever. And I I just think um, I think it's very hard when people are separated. Um, I know that's a whole other other thing, um, but it's really quite uh, quite important that we are, you know, inclusive. It's a it's a very couple world. And I was really struck there, if I can come back to it, um, Mm -hmm. when you just said there, and I think it's really important to say it, um, not only should you not be telling everybody why the the marriage ended, nor should people be asking, because the moment that you know that he did this or she did that, you form all sorts of, you can't help it, we're just human, we form a kind of view. So in some ways, the less we know, the better, right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe that people need to be told exactly why anything breaks up. And I think the less, the better. Um, Maybe sometimes you need to confide a little if it's somebody very close, but, but, you know, just remember, you don't have an obligation to do so. And the other thing is, I think if you can just remember what you're trying to achieve here, there is going to be a future time. I often say to couples, when you're breaking up, Take it from somebody who has navigated my own and and other situations. And as I've often said, I'm the the stepmother. And so I've attended four weddings, you know, in these situations. So I've seen a lot happen. And you will be standing with those children Mm -hmm. in years to come. And if you want at their 21st, at their 18th, at their graduation, hopefully, at their wedding, and you want all these families will come together again. 
Yes. So remember what you're doing today is going to matter for always. And you can make life impossible for those children. So you you mentioned it there. Be fair, mm-hmm. right? Good people are fair. They, re- they are empathetic and remember the other person's position as well. Mm-hmm. Try not to focus on damning them. Try to focus on solutions that can work for you both. It will be painful for you both. Remember, it's not just painful for you. It's painful in a different way for each person. And try and focus on the future. Yeah. Remember, stability now, fairness now will really indicate the kind of future you're going to have as a as a newly formed family. You're still yeah. a family. You're just going to have a different shape because you're once you're a parent, you're always a family with, to those children. You know, with the way we all know different types of people, you know, within our life and everything like that. And I would find that I'm not the sort of person that needs everybody to know my story. OK, as in... Like what I I sometimes find is people with low emotional awareness need to get their side of the story in. And that's why I think they very often tell these, you know, stories, these dramatic stories to try and lay shame to the person that's just broken up with them or Mm -hmm. that they're breaking up with in order to kind of get their story in. And I find it is quite a low emotional awareness because let's face it, I don't need anybody to know who I am. I know who I am and people that are close to me know who I am. So I would never be in that situation. But for a lot of people, that is the reasoning behind it. And I would say as well, obviously, people's egos have been hurt. They're emotionally hurt and everything like that. There are certain stages that you go through. There are stages to a breakup. And a lot of people don't realize that. It is a kind of a grief because it is quite difficult at the same time. Their own identity has been taken into question. Very often, all of their power has been taken away. And they can be quite embarrassed and quite humiliated to an extent by the person actually this time saying I am done this time. So the stages of a breakup are denial. So that's the first part because of course, if they, especially if they have been caught off guard, but like obviously in denial as well, that I can't believe this time it is actually happening this time. They've threatened it a hundred times and here we are. Yes. Well, it's hard to believe and perhaps hard to process. Yeah. The next is the shock and disbelief. Once the reality of the breakup sets in, you may feel shocked and struggle to accept the situation. This stage often involves a sense of disbelief and emotional numbness. The third then is anger and resentment. So a lot goes on at this stage. As the emotional impact of the breakup intensifies, anger and resentment can emerge. You can blame your ex-partner, yourself or circumstances for the relationship's uh, demise. Next then is bargaining. So things like, you know, Let's obviously, try again. At, at, obviously, a lot has been said at this stage and, you know, they might know that you have given up on them because of whatever it is that, you know, those 10 arguments you seem to have in circles yeah. uh, in a bad relationship. So the bargaining at this stage, they might attempt to negotiate or make promises to try and get your partner back. What I would actually say at this stage is if you are making promises at this stage to, to get them back, you you were not that shocked. You kind of knew that they're the things that you knew they might break up with you over at some stage. Yes. Um, Next then is obviously the depression and sadness. This is completely normal. Feelings of sadness, loneliness, despair, and uh, can deepen as you come to terms with the loss of the relationship. Now, I would say at this stage, it's very important. Very often there can be physical effects to this as well, like hugs. Mm. You know, there might still have been hugs. There may still have been some level of physical 
uh, you know, intimacy. To physical withdrawal. Yeah, so I think be really aware of yourself at that stage. Maybe yes. go for a massage. Maybe because there is, there's a huge amount of science about physical touch um, with humans. So doing little things that can help you, maybe taking time out to go on a spa day, having, as I said, a massage there, spending time with friends and family to try and pull yourself out of the depression. I think bank holiday weekends are very difficult at that time. I think Sundays are a very lonely day for people that yes. are single or recently broken up with. They always seem like family days. But can I, yeah. can I say, Mairead, that what you're, what you've, sort of referred to there really is that, you know, divorce or the end of a big breakup is a crisis. And the phases that you have mentioned there, they are the emotional reactions and psychological reactions to a crisis. And that is what this is. It's a crisis and a crisis, if I can just add in a little bit extra Mm -hmm. on the psychological side of reaction. A crisis has, the reason we call it crisis is because it has the potential to destabilize. Okay. So it's like shaking. I always think we are structured like a like a, a scaffolding at a building, and 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 a crisis shakes that scaffolding, and for some, so there's a period of reverberation. Okay, and, you know where it's sort of where it's 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 still shaking, and it's in that time where you feel this shock. You're because the person is trying to get back an element of control to them. Of course, and the thing is, the healthy way to work through that is to work through and to to recognize the loss and to mm-hmm. feel the loss and to cry about it and to think about it and to absorb it and then to yeah. work forward. But often what happens is people deny it and they go into anger mode instead of feeling the feelings because they're painful stuff. I can, and I can understand that. It is a difficult time. And I know we, we're saying be a person of high value and everything. I do understand as well. There's a huge emptiness as part of this. Of yeah, and we do get that as well. And I think it's really yeah. important that we kind of stress that. You may uh, need support with those feelings. And I think people do. And, and often family are not the right one. They're so, not. And I think at that stage, a lot much. of... Yeah. Too much about, well, listen, sure, I knew that. I sure, oh, look at, I couldn't stand him. You, you yeah. hear people there. I know. That's actually not what you need to hear. No, I know. You're after committing 10 years of your life to him. So you want to, you want to hear something. You just want somebody who will say, that's fine. How are you? Yeah. What is, what is this feeling like for you? Yeah. And what does it, what does it twin up with? Because we've, when you get to a certain point in life, you've had a number of setbacks, a number of disappointments, a number of breakups. And mm-hmm. and it may not be that it was a relationship breakup. Maybe finding yourself alone has an emotional echo to being alone before. Maybe yes. it was when your mother died. Maybe it was when your father died or a sister or died. A feeling of abandonment, yes. yes. Anything or like something that. else. And what happens is the past comes to meet the present and you find yourself really destabilized. So this is what crises do, do to us. Yes. That's why if your reactions are really exaggerated and amplified, we expect a we expect you, of course, to be sad. We expect you to be shocked. We expect you to be disappointed. But we don't expect you to be out of control. Yeah. And, and that's... if you are, something else is going on and that may need somebody with the kind of head that I have or, you know yeah. what I mean? That kind of thinking. I think if it gets to the stage where you're out of control, I, it's bigger than you. You know, if you can't just get a grasp on it, I think at any stage in your life, regardless of what it is, I think you need to go to a therapist at that stage. I think you need to take a little time out from your life and just be very gentle with yourself at that stage. Okay. Just getting a grip on it. Okay. They're like, again, I remind people some of the best days of your life 
have not happened yet. And so there are, th- are things to look forward to. We just need a little bit of perspective now. We also find that during that time, things can become very fast. So yeah. text messages between each other might become really erratic. You know, you're very easily triggered in anything to do with it. So I think it's really important at that stage just to slow it all down. The depression and the sadness is absolutely natural, but if it's overwhelming to you, I definitely think you should go and talk to a therapist like Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. The next part is acceptance which can be a very difficult part but I also think as well at that stage just being very gentle again to yourself having friends and family but I, I do think the therapist side and obviously it does cost money to go to a therapist but I do think it is money well spent well, there's a lot it's exactly I mean there's lots of things people yeah. spend money on but but if I can just say the timeline around those things yes please that'd be great yeah yeah I'm kind of in my mind listening to you and thinking about the timeline and everybody's timeline is different yes uh, I I can tell you that that I I meet people who are 27 years and more after a separation and they, it may as well have been last week. Yeah. They I, have I meet gone. them for matchmaking as well. Yeah. They, you, yeah, they haven't done the emotional process. No. I hate to say it, but there's no shortcuts here, guys. You have to process what happens to you in life. Yes. Whether it's winning the lotto or losing your partner. Yes. You have to process it. And if you don't, it will come back to bite you in the ass. And you have to allow yourself the sadness, allow yourself the time. And 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 maybe eventually look at what part, where, where you made the mistake yourself, because you obviously mm-hmm. are part of this story. Absolutely. Um, did you choose wrongly? Did you choose choose unwisely? Was there something you saw that you ignored? Was there, did you try too hard? Did you try... Did you not try hard enough? Did you not try at all? Yeah. Did you let them do everything? You know, there are some aspects of it. Or vice versa. Yeah. There are many versions of it. Yes. And, everything. Uh, but there comes to comes a point, and this is part of acceptance, where you come to a point where you realize, I've played some part here. It's mm-hmm. easy to look at others and say, you know, oh, he was this and he was this and he was this, you know, and, you know, kind of, and sorry, and, and you, you were perfect. No, that's not how life is. So, mm-hmm. so you have to kind of, and that takes time to furl your way through it. But it's a very important thing. It will take time. You move from those stages. I would say adjustment. If I can just hold this for a yeah. second. There is, often, there is often a great feeling. If you are the person that is left, let's put it that way, who's in the passive position here, these phases are very much your story. What will happen? You know, the yeah. shock, the denial, the kind of grief and 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 then working towards acceptance and, and finally working towards adapting where you're adapting your thoughts for the future and you're thinking, well, what am I going to do now to really make this work for me? That's a whole yeah. phase. But if on the other hand, you are the person who leaves, let yes. me tell you, the phases are different. What yes. I have noticed is there is a this person who leaves is often the person who has been trying to deal with the problem for a long time mm-hmm. and who has done a lot of thinking. They may get to the point where they they make the decision and there is a great level of relief because mm-hmm. they have got that across the line and they've been struggling with making that decision probably for a very long time. They get that across the line and then there is a a kind of almost a euphoric relief phase. And anyone that I have talked to in separation terms will tell, speak of this. But then there comes a kind of a, a, a more plateaued or flat point where the effort of all of what has been done, uh, isn't necessarily reaping the kind of 
future that they Rewards, thought they yeah. were going to have. And now, if you've fallen in love in the meantime, or you were falling in love before you left, obviously those things sort of sliding doors go to cross each other. And so you won't have these feelings. But if you were going out with the thought that you were going to meet somebody great and everything, you were going to have a new future and that's slow in happening, it can be very, quite painful for that yeah. person. And the euphoria yes. becomes quite, they feel quite depressed. I can understand that. Can I say as a professional matchmaker that has matched many people on their second and third round, okay? I think it's really important because very often a lot of people that did have to make the decision to leave had to make the decision that they... um, they possibly had to leave a quite toxic relationship. So if it was a reason because it was a toxic relationship that you had to leave... I think it's very important, again, that you maybe do a little bit of work, that you maybe go to a therapist and everything. And I think for everybody, post a big relationship, okay, I think it's very important that you maybe do a little bit of work on yourself and perhaps I would recommend going to therapy, okay? Not just to get yourself to the stage where you're no longer triggered, but to get yourself to the stage that you are actually able to go out there and potentially have another healthy relationship with somebody else because we yes. see so many times that people are so traumatized by a breakup that they actually are like I don't want to do that again and oh, actually absolutely. I see a lot of men that were like no being there done that definitely don't want the t-shirt because yes. of all the emotional support kids being used against them financially ruined all of these sorts of things yes. so I think we that's Painful. why we're having all of these conversations yes. about separation and divorce is to get to that stage next steps of course are acceptance which is great it is healing and recovery but I do think it's hugely important as you said to make sure you do do that healing and recovery that you don't say I'm out the door and get the high and then there's nothing on the other side of it and then stage eight and this is the most important part is moving on keep going find your happiness again Okay, so I think it's really important. Turning your eyes to the future. That's it. And that is is known as the adaptation phase where you're adapting your life and saying, for me to go forward, this is what I have to do. Yes. And this is a complex, painful, difficult thing. We get it. You and I definitely really understand it. Yes. And uh, and I think you speak very kindly, you know, around all of this as somebody, you know, I know you've had breakups, but you haven't had marriage breakups and the commitment. No, thank goodness. Yeah. The commitment that people make in marriage is massive. And it is, yes. you know, we've all bought into the fairy tale, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's how it is. And and when that fairy tale breaks, it's a painful place to be and it's a lonely place to be. Mm-hmm. And people keep it very silent for a very long time because they don't want to let it go and they're afraid that if they say it that they won't be, they might get a chance to fix it and they go forward and back and forward mm-hmm. and back and a lot of energy and you know although it is mostly women who file for divorce as you know who instigate divorce um 60% of women as opposed to 40% of men and interestingly 84% of women um when it comes to the high court are one of, you know of the high court cases 84% are instigated by women I'm not sure if that says if they've more money they're more inclined to go but perhaps there is something yeah. like that there yeah. um and I just just to say in my experience the reason that people really leave yes is they've just become so deeply unhappy that mm-hmm. they know they can't cope with it forever and 
therefore let them go because if someone is so deeply unhappy in the relationship that you're now in it doesn't take away from the fact that you may have been greatly in love that yes. you may have been happy at some stage that you didn't make children and uh, raise children through love okay maybe but you I need think, another chance but I think Honestly, I think everybody moves on better if they have a good separation, if they have a good divorce, if they're respectful to each other, if they can be kind. And I know there's a lot of emotion involved. Get help if you need to deal with that emotion, okay? You may also be dealing with someone and it is kind of roast into glasses there that you're not dealing with a narcissist or anything like that, that Mm -hmm. the other person is a healthy mindset and mind frame. But please, I would say this to anybody that is separating or divorcing is keep on working on yourself until you get out the other end and are able to move on. And by moving on, I mean, happily out there looking for a new and healthy relationship. Absolutely. Mairead, great chatting about this. And just remember, all those good people make good divorces. And good people make good breakups. If you um, have enjoyed listening to our podcast or would like to contact myself and Stephanie for a private consultation, of which our private consultations are still half price on our website, go to uh, toughlove.ie. I would also say to you, if you, you know, are in a situation where you feel a little bit trapped within your relationship, if you are considering leaving because of issues of, um, you know, course of control, narcissism, addiction, anything like that, or if you feel unsafe in your relationship, I would say please reach out to Women's Aid, Men's Aid, um, Two Into You, anywhere at all. Again, if you'd like to reach out to myself and Stephanie, and we'll help you find the right the right place for you to get help as well. Exactly. Take good care, everyone. Mm-hmm.